Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our mission is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and I'm still in St. Louis with Rhonda. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing Having good. fun this week? Oh man, it's been so much fun. Yeah. So now we're at the portion of this week that is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association Leaders Conference. And once again, we have a lot of people to talk to. So we're really excited about that. And tell us what we're gonna to do today. Well, we're gonna continue our series on the history of the modern homeschool movement in North Carolina in our homeschool news. And if you're, you're probably waiting for the next installment. Yeah, I know it is a good one. And then in our homeschool conversations, as Matthew said, since we're here at the conference, we have had the opportunity to talk to several people and we're so blessed. Um, so two of them that we're gonna talk, talk with today are Sonia Schaefer, who is a speaker, author, and the founder of Simply Charlotte Mason, um, which I absolutely adore. And then we'll also start, talk with Jenny Urich, um, who's the founder of A Thousand Hours Outside. That's it's right. exciting curriculum. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. love this, mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, so as we continue this series on the history of the modern homeschool movement, as I said before, Debbie Mason, who's our media director and our events director and plans our conference, has been on the board for a long time and has experienced firsthand since the 80s this history movement. So she wrote up uh, a series of Facebook posts that we've been reading to you to tell you step by step through. So if you're just catching now, you might wanna go back and, and hear the other ones. Today, we are gonna talk about the uh, Del Conte case. Homeschools are private schools. And this goes from 1981 to 1985. In August of 1981, Larry Del Conte of Harnett County was denied the right to homeschool his children. So he sued the state for that right. Wow, already, I mean, that takes courage yes. to fight the state right there. The court agreed that his homeschool met the requirements of the compulsory attendance laws, but the state appealed the decision. This action began a protracted battle in the courts. While this court fight, <clears throat> while this court fight was proceeding, NCHE was lobbying the North Carolina General Assembly for a change in legislation to make homeschool clearly legal. In December 1983, the uh, NC Court of Appeals overturned the lower, lower court's favorable ruling in the Del Conte case. The Del Contes then appealed to the North Carolina Supreme Court. On May 7, 1985, the North Carolina Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Del Contes under the current private school law, Chapter 115C, Article 39 of the North Carolina Code, homeschooling would be allowed. This decision was a huge event for homeschool freedom and would go down in North Carolina homeschool history as the beginning of homeschooling being clearly legal. From then on, a homeschool was regarded as a private school and under the Division of Non-Public Education. And then we have a little personal note from Debbie. Yeah. When this news came down, we were living in an extended stay hotel in Charlotte waiting for our house to be ready. It was very exciting. We had trusted God and bought a house in North Carolina because they had moved from Tennessee. Yeah. And before we could even move into our house, the homeschooling situation had changed. So they knew it was not legal when they came and right. they were concerned. And before they even moved in, it was legal. So they were super excited. 
you know, just like other big events, this is such a big event, you remember where you are, you know? Oh, yeah. And what's going on at the time. And I love the personal touches she's added, how she, her views of things that as yeah, she's right. shared, it's been wonderful. An eyewitness. Yes. That's right. Okay, so we're gonna have our homeschool conversations and we're gonna go ahead and find Sonia and Jenny and share those conversations with you. Well, we're back in here with Sonia Schaefer at the National Leaders Conference. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Rhonda. So tell me about yourself. Tell me about Simply Charlotte Mason. Well, I like to describe Simply Charlotte Mason as a hobby that got out of control. <laughs> it's a very good hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think so. It's been a bit huge help to me oh, I'm as glad. a homeschooler. So yeah. So tell well, me. it started probably more than 30 years ago. There were two families that got to know each other at a church in Chicagoland, oh. and we were young marrieds. We had our firstborns the first years together and just got to know each other. And then over the years, they moved north and we moved south to Georgia, but we always kept in touch. Oh. Now, during that time in Chicagoland, we got to the point where our kids were old enough, we wanted to research homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And we went to a state organization convention there, ICHE. Yes. And that's where we first found out about homeschooling and in particular, the Charlotte Mason method. But that was before the internet. Yes. So we went to the exhibit hall and just tried to find any books we could find to that educate was, ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And so we just would read and try and implement what we learned and then read some more and try and implement that. And over the years, we learned more and, and were able to shape our homeschools a little more on the Charlotte Mason method. Mm -hmm. Then fast forward, even though we were living a thousand miles awesome. apart. Yes, yeah, very far. We, we kept in touch though, and our kids always kept in touch. They would write movies together. Oh, how fun. So then they would say, can we get together and record our movies? And so they would come down and stay at our place for, you know, two or three weeks mm -hmm. while the kids all made their movies. Well, as the kids got older, we started getting more and more questions about Charlotte Mason because it started kind of gaining popularity. Yes, it did. And so I remember we sat down with Karen Smith, the, the other families, the Smith's family, yes. um, Karen and Doug Smith. And we sat down with Doug one day at the dining room table. I can still picture it. And we said, Doug, we need a website just because we're getting all these questions and we need some place where we can put all of our answers, you know? Right, so you don't have to keep replicating them over exactly. and over. Exactly, and so people can find it easier, yes. even with, when we're not there with them. And I remember telling Doug, we only need five pages. That's all <laughs> we will ever need. Just give us five pages. I laugh because I've been on your website recently and it's way more than <laughs> five hundreds pages. hundreds of yes, pages yes. now. But the Lord just put our families together in a complimentary way because I had been working as an editor and uh, for a publishing company so mm -hmm. it was like yeah put a book together sure my husband had been working in the graphics design so he would design the books and then wow. Doug had the web knowledge and Karen brought all of the science and math and that type of stuff and I'm more literature and language arts so it's just the Lord melded it all together and over the years now, it has grown, and 
more team members have come on board to help us with the vision and we just started creating products and resources that we wish we had had yes. when we started. Yes. Yeah. It's so wonderful. And I love this. I never heard the backstory. So I love <laughs> that it's this long-term friendship and yeah. all this giftings that God gave to each one of you that's crafted this, obviously, for such a time as this. Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and again, it's been, I've used it and I. it's been life-changing. So it's so helpful. I'm so happy that our listeners can know more about Simply Charlotte Mason. So if I ask you, like, what is your best advice for homeschoolers, whether they be new or, or long timers like I have been, like, are there some lessons you've learned along the way that you wished you would have known when you were a younger homeschooler? The one piece of advice that I probably say, I'm not going to say too often because I don't think you can say it too often, uh -huh. but that I say more than anything else is teach the child, not the curriculum. Mm. That yes. is so key. And we have the freedom to do that in homeschooling, which is so wonderful. Um, it's especially poignant to me. Um, it is applicable for any parent with any child. Right. You need to tailor the curriculum to fit your child rather than trying to force your child to fit this curriculum. Been there and I've done that. Yeah. It's <laughs> successful. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, in a Charlotte Mason approach, mm -hmm. that is the basic tenet on which mm -hmm. it is founded, that the child is an individual person, and you respect that person. Right. So, it's especially poignant to me, though, because I have a special needs child. Right. I have four girls, and my youngest, she's 24, she has autism and pervasive developmental delays. So, we're still doing homeschooling every day because she loves it right and she wants to do it and still learning yes. yes yeah so she started reading when she was 11 praise God we didn't know if she ever would right and so now it's what 13 years later she's reading at a third grade level that's wonderful so, yeah we, we continue to see progress and not just not just progress let me throw this at you too another piece of advice I would give people is don't narrow the scope of what you're feeding your child's mind. Don't just focus on the three R's. Yes. I did that once with Hannah. She's my youngest. Well, right now, Hannah is her given name, right. but she likes to pick a different name on different days. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. And so today her name is Holly. Holly. So I'll call so we're her going Holly. That? Yes. yes. So uh, there were there were struggles that she had, especially with the reading and the writing and the arithmetic. Those were her three weakest points, skills. Right. And I knew that Charlotte Mason had encouraged us to spread the feast. A wide variety. Wide variety, exactly. But I started listening to outside voices and my own insecurities. Sure. It's like, I should probably take some time and just focus on those things. Mm -hmm. So. We did that, and I'll tell you, hun, after about three weeks of that, both of us were just wilting on the vine. Because how would you feel if you spent most of your day for three weeks every day focusing on what you're not good at? Yes. It takes the wind out yeah, of your Totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. So depression. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So we were both just miserable. That's when... I got a renewed vision why we need to spread the wide feast. And so we would bring mm -hmm. in the music and the art 
and the poetry and the literature and the handcrafts and all of that stuff again. And that revived us. And that's so important to note because I would imagine that a lot of special needs parents would tend to focus on the basics because they want to get those done well, but the importance of doing that. But even for parents that are have regular kids, I'm sure, I know I struggled with, how do I complete the academic things I need to get done and do these other enrichment um, activities? So what would you say for parents like that? Because sometimes it's, we know it's important, but it's scary to start implementing it can be two things number one is you can do it with your whole family together mm -hmm. you can do the picture study with everybody from kindergarten well from you know sometimes your preschoolers want to be involved in yes. it too all the way up to your graduates so you can do it with your whole family together and it does not take much time at all plus you don't have to do everything every day that was key yeah. that's key isn't yeah. that really important it just it's like sprinkling in the variety you've got some things that you're doing every day like your math you know you're doing that every day some element rocks. of language arts yeah. you're going to do it every day but you can sprinkle in so maybe on mondays we're going to do a picture study we'll take 10 minutes mm -hmm. and do a picture study do it at lunch if you need to you know mm -hmm. but you'll find it so refreshing and then maybe on tuesdays we're going to read a poem it takes about two minutes yeah. But let's just enjoy it together. And Wednesday we'll listen to music and maybe Friday we'll go outside for nature study. So just sprinkle it throughout your week and do it with everybody together and I think it will add some nice variety. Yes, that's such a great encouragement. Um, so anything that you want to say as we're going to be closing, like something that you are really passionate about or oftentimes at this time of the year, um, maybe it's getting a little bit... <laughs> slogging through the schedule every day you can get discouraged a little bit about around this time of the year anything that you would like to share yeah I want to encourage everyone to remember that small constant touches add up to something mm. great and you might not see the result of those small constant touches in the moment but you need to trust that God's going to use your faithfulness and more is going on in your child's mind than you can see most likely. Let me just share this last story with you. With my daughter, we've been doing picture study for many years, but she has a very hard time getting her thoughts into words. Mm -hmm. So we don't do picture study like typical children do with a lot of discussion. Right. It's just here it is and I'm trusting that it's getting in there. But I hadn't seen evidence of that for a long time. Right. Well. We decided to go to the High Museum, downtown Atlanta, where I am. Oh, yes. They had this wonderful exhibit of all the big hitters. There were going to be Monet's and Degas and John Singer Sargent's and, you know, all of this stuff. Picasso's even. It was like, wow. Oh, so many. Yeah. So we, we went down to that particular exhibit. And we were wandering through, and Holly was behind me, and I turned the corner and there was a single small wall with just one picture on it and I had just turned and seen that picture when she came in behind me and immediately out of her mouth came the blue dancers by Edgar Degas I just started bawling right in the I, middle of the I art museum she did. 
But if she got it, it was in she there. Knew it. it was in there, enriching her heart, yeah. refreshing her spirit, even though she couldn't tell me. Right. So no matter whether your child tells you more than you want, right, or doesn't tell you much at all, those small constant touches are going to add up to something great. So be faithful. Uh, thanks for sharing that story. That what a special day. Yes. Thanks for being with us. I'm happy. And we to. look forward to. Sonia is going to be at our conference um, May 25th through 27th yes. and 23. So get your tickets and sign up. We'd I'm love really to see looking you there. forward to we it. We are so looking forward to having you. <laughs> Thanks again for being here with us. Thank you. All right, we're at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association National Leaders Conference. Yeah. And I've been hanging out with you for a few years at these conferences. Tell me your name, ministry, yeah. podcast, tell me what you're doing. Sure, my name is Ginny Erich, and I am the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, which is a global movement. It's meant to bring back balance between nature and screens in childhood, but also people do it all through life. There's grandparents that do it, and the point is, just like it says, is to spend a thousand hours outside a year. We actually keep track of it. We've got these tracker charts. We have an app um, where we're trying to be intentional about putting hands-on real-life moments into our life, those moments that, you know, really mean a lot. And so uh, people are doing it all over the world. And we have an app that you can keep track of it on and also a podcast as well where we're talking about the benefits of nature, play, and and things to be aware of as it relates to screens. And so the podcast is, is fun too. So did you guys create the app? Uh, we did. We, well, we created it with, uh, with someone, someone who can create with apps. Someone <laughs> who can create apps. Yeah. Yeah. But we've been involved. You, My husband kind of runs it and involved with what we want it to be and what we want it to look like and how we want it to work and that sort of thing. So what do we do outside? Well, we, we do what the kid wants to do outside. Okay. Really? Um, you know, what they're drawn to is what helps their what helps their development. So they're intrinsically motivated to grow and to learn and to challenge themselves. And so when we step outside, they're trying to do things that are more complicated than they did yesterday. They're trying to climb higher. They're trying to jump farther. They're trying to do these things and that's helping their brains function better. All those wires that are crossing. So it's helping them cognitively when we step outside all the sensory input. We're out here, right? And so we're, we're getting this video and it's windy and there's different smells wafting through and it's just such a different thing than the indoor environment. There's novelty. There's new things to see. So when we get them outside, it can be anything. You know, you take them on a walk. You put your baby mm -hmm. in the pack. Right, you put, and every time you take a step, you're having to readjust your vision and it's helping their eyes learn to track together. So that's gonna help them down the road for their reading and for their schoolwork. And so whatever it is that you do, we like to take our kids hiking, because you know you're stuck out there together. Yeah. <laughs> no one's coming to airlift you out. So, so that's something that we do, and we do that with friends. But even if it's just in your backyard, it's the zoo, it's a walk around the neighborhood. All of those things, I think, are more beneficial than we've ever even realized. And especially in this day and age, when um, kids are on screens for four to seven hours a day, that's the average, but they're outside for four to seven minutes. So we've just uh, become this imbalanced society where kids are not getting those hands-on moments that they need for their development. I'm sure glad I brought you out here for this. I yeah, didn't, yeah, it's good. It's I didn't good, think right? about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. yes. 
So do you also talk, you said you do talk about the screen side too? We do talk about the screen side. And how to manage or limit that? Yes, and, and also what's going on with the screen side, that it is designed to be addictive, that it's designed to, to steal your attention, to keep you hooked. And so a lot of people will come on and talk about the commercialization of children and what's going on behind the scenes. So for example, there's these marketing conferences that are meant for people who sell toys and sell things to kids and they talk about how parents are the purchasing friction. That's how they refer to us. So we're the purchasing friction. How do we remove the purchasing friction? How do we how do we get kids to nag so much and parents are stressed and they're overworked and huh. they're tired. So if we can get kids to nag this amount of time, then they're gonna buy our product and we're gonna get them hooked for life and we're gonna put these echo dots in their bedrooms that, you know, that um, when the kid says I'm bored, that they suggest a product for the kid to buy, that they're teaching values. Mm -hmm. they're, the tech companies are also teaching values that happiness comes from the things that we buy. So we talk about a lot of those things. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that it's important for parents to be aware of that we are up against a lot. We're up against a whole lot. And so just to stay strong, to be encouraged that when you step outside and that takes work too, that you're going to find fulfillment for all of you. It's good for the parents. It gives everyone a reprieve. You know, if you go out in the morning, we're out here in the morning. This is great. Um, and even on a cloudy day, because it's a cloudy day, different than yesterday, that sunlight goes through your eyes. It goes right to your brain, the full spectrum, and it wakes your whole body up and it helps your body release serotonin. You know, so especially for homeschooling families, we tend to do all our schoolwork in the morning, mm -hmm. right? Well, if we get, You're missing if we a get good up, time, huh? Yeah, we get up and we take a walk. You know, take a walk before you do your schoolwork. 15, 20 minutes, that's going to have everyone be in a better mood. And then that helps reset your body rhythms. There's over 100 body rhythms that are dependent on the day and night cycle. And so that morning sunlight helps to reset everything. And then... And then you're good, you know, it's helping your health and your immune system and all those things. So um, so just as reminders of the worthiness of being in the outdoors. So is this community primarily homeschool or is it much broader than that? It is broader. It includes, it does include a wide swath of people from all over yeah. the world that have joined in. So but there are a lot of homeschoolers and a lot of people that are curious about homeschooling. I think that when you start to take your kids outside, you see firsthand how much they learn and grow kind of all on their own, self-initiated, how much they're thriving. And I think sometimes those experiences give parents the realization that I can do this. I can be, one of the fears is how can I be with my kids all day without losing my mind, right? Um, and so I think that this time in nature, it helps everyone feel better and get along better and be more fulfilled and you realize, oh, I could be with my kids all day. We could have these moments where I get a little bit of time to catch my breath. Mm -hmm. I could sit possibly and read a book or I could catch up with a friend. We could go to the park together and it gives parents an opportunity to step in a little bit to what might this look like uh, learning alongside of my kids. So it's okay to send your kids outside, mm -hmm. but that's not enough. You need to go out with them. Well, you can do either. Sometimes I used to be jealous. I think in generations past, like when I was growing up, the, the parents didn't go. Yeah, it was like, just it, go, You just go kicked play. them out, right? You kicked them out. And we had friends growing up that they couldn't even go. They were locked out, you know, all summer they're <laughs> locked out. But what is that mom doing in there? And so when my kids were young, I used to think, oh, I'm kind of jealous of that. What if I could, our house could be so much cleaner. Our meals could be so much healthier if I was just shooting the kids outside but it's culture has changed there's a lot of fear and so people are trying to bring back that there's a book called playborhood like bringing back that concept of neighborhood play but it's not the norm anymore and so what's happening is that the moms or the dads they're going with and 
so but it, it's so beneficial to our mental health and our physical health and our emotional health and our attitude. And so I think this is actually really a gift, especially in such a technological time that we get to go. Yeah. And so it involves a little bit more work, right? It involves a little bit more planning. It involves a little bit more, uh, and we still shoo our kids out some too. I mean, and that depends on where you live. Some people don't have the opportunity. Yeah. Maybe they're in an apartment or they're in the city or something. But this thought of making plans with someone else meeting up with a friend and it is enhancing my life in the process as well so I've changed my view on it whereas I used to be a little annoyed now I think well this is kind of what we all need in these in these times so how can people find you know, well, I'm easy to find. Everything is 1,000 hours outside, which is 1,000. Okay. But sometimes people put 100, or sometimes people say 10,000 hours outside. So it's 1,000 hours outside. So we're on Instagram. People use a hashtag 1,000 hours outside to show their adventures, and there's over a half million of those um, all around the world. And we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group where people come and share their ideas, especially, well, you probably don't have to deal with this as much in North Carolina, but especially for people that are dealing with the harsh winters, people are putting these, there's like over 100,000 people in that group group and they're showing all the things that they're doing through the different seasons cool places to go nice. um, we have the app which is 1000 hours outside app and the podcast is the 1000 hours outside podcast we have a lifestyle brand where we sell some of the things that we use to adventure like backpacks and water bottles you don't need much but you do need some food and a place to put your stuff so we sell some cool. of those things on our store as well so everything is just 1000 hours outside.com and we keep I it love easy it. love it yeah thanks for talking to me thanks Thank for sharing i think this would be super encouraging Okay, so this week we have for you a brand new segment. I'm sure super excited, excited about it. And it's called Homeschool Helps with Amanda, but we're gonna let you let her introduce herself to you and tell you all about it. So right. take a look. I am so excited to welcome you to a new segment on the Homeschool Show. It's Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wares, and my job with NCHE is Homeschool Helps Director, which also goes right along with my passion to help people homeschool. Now, what in the world does Homeschool Helps Director mean? It means that I help people homeschool. I help specific populations of people, such as if you're homeschooling children with special needs, if you're homeschooling high school, if you're homeschooling preschool, if you're working full-time and homeschooling, and even more than that. So, what are we gonna do on this segment? I'm going to address the common problems and issues that I hear about from all those specific populations of homeschoolers and answer your questions, hopefully helping you homeschool. Um, what do I want from you? I want you to contact me with those issues that you're dealing with, with those problems that you have over and over, or just specific issues that maybe you want a little help with. So you can reach me a couple of different ways. One, you can email me always at helps, H-E-L-P-S, at nche.com, or, when you call the NCHE office and you press number two, that will get right to me. So if I can't answer the 
phone right that minute, you can always leave me a message and I'll get back to you. So those are the ways you'll contact me. Now, what I am hoping that this is gonna be such a fun segment, such a great segment that it will help you homeschool with confidence and joy like we always say. And we're back. So what'd you think? Isn't that exciting? Looking I'm super excited. I know. I know, I'm so excited about it. Um, so we'll have this every week. So look forward to Homeschooling Helps with Amanda. All right, we're so glad you joined us this week. And as usual, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thehomeschoolshow at nche.com with your ideas, uh, maybe topics and subjects. And as Amanda said, you can also email her with your questions so that she can address those. Um, but you may have questions or things you might want to, us to put on the show. Uh, go ahead and follow us and subscribe on Facebook and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you watch that. Please share it with your family and friends that you think will be encouraged by it. We just want to help as many people as possible because homeschooling is such a fabulous thing to do. So until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy.